0: Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, it is a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. And on today's show, what else would we talk about other than Tennessee Titans health issues, including Titans star safety Kevin Byard going on the COVID list on Monday. So we'll dive into that also The Titans have a ton of key players on IR. I'll tell you when those players can officially return. And finally, we'll cap off the show with two segments of a mailbag. I'll be answering your guys' questions and giving you guys shout outs directly from the things that you have sent to me. So, an exciting Tuesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. Let's get it. Locked on Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Titans fans, it is a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. We are going to discuss. Injury news, when players can come back from IR, but we're going to start with Kevin Byard going on the COVID reserve list. Before we get into that, do want to thank you guys for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen. Every day, if this is your first ever listen to the Locked on Titans podcast, make sure that you subscribe on whatever platform you stream. Also, check out the Locked on Titans YouTube page and smash that notification bell to make sure that you know when all of my content goes live. Follow me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans. Follow the show on Facebook. At locked on Titans pod. But with all that being said, time to get into this roster news. And we're going to go through a bunch of different items. Number one, Kevin Byard going on the COVID list. He did test positive, according to Tom Pellicero from the NFL Network. Now, Kevin Byard is a vaccinated player. So, with that being said, he's going to be out a maximum of 10 days, or Byard can come back if he has two negative tests within 24 hours of each other anytime going forward. Now, here's the, I guess, the positive, the silver lining here. It's a bye week. So, even if KB takes the full 10 days to get over COVID, he still would be able to play in the Jaguars game. So, that's good news. Now, on the flip side of that, we have to be honest here. COVID-19 impacts everybody differently. I personally was completely fine when I had COVID last year. But my brother, who's a big Titans fan, positive thoughts going that way, he really struggled and spent some time in the hospital with COVID. And I would argue that he's in better shape than I am and does more physical labor on a regular basis than I do. So it can impact everybody differently. And I certainly hope that you know a lot of people out there are just saying, oh, well, he'll be back for the next game, so who cares? Well, this is an illness that could impact not only his health, but his immediate conditioning. So, let's just hope that Kevin Byard has no symptoms, stays healthy, and can come back at the same level that he's been playing all year long. But, positive thoughts towards Kevin Byard, who is on the COVID list. Speaking of the COVID list, the Titans brought outside linebacker Joe Jones off the COVID list. Any depth can't hurt right now. He's right back on the 53-man roster. And... With Logan Woodside set to come off the COVID list in the coming days, Deshaun Kaiser was cut from the Titans practice squad. So those are the roster moves that happened, but I want to turn the conversation to the players that are on IR right now, the important players for the Titans, and when they could come off IR, just so you guys know exactly when to be anticipating them. Number one, Julio Jones. Julio Jones has the ability to come off IR And play against the Jacksonville Jaguars in week 14. Same thing with safety Dane Crookshank. So both of those guys could be activated prior to that game. Now here's the reality. They may not be ready to come off IR. That's a possibility. The three-week time period or three-game time period may not be enough for Dane Crookshank or Julio Jones. So don't get your hopes up too high. All I'm telling you is they are eligible to. And what's happened a lot this year is guys get activated off injured reserve, but then they go into a 21-day period where the team can have them practice without actually activating them to the 53-man roster. So they could be activated from IR and be in the 21-day wait period as well. So it doesn't mean that they're coming back on the active roster, but they are at minimum eligible to come off of IR and play in the game. And I, I tell you, if Julio Jones does get activated or Dan Cruikshank does get activated for this game, it'll be the Saturday right before the game is played on Sunday in two weeks. So don't expect any imminent news, but some some hope in the darkness a light in the distance that we can go towards. Uh, Bud Dupree is eligible to come off IR and play in the Week 15 game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Revenge game, anybody? I would be down for that. A.J. Brown and Chris Jackson are eligible to come off IR Week 16. That would be a home game on Thursday night football against the San Francisco 49ers. I would be shocked if the Titans brought back A.J. Brown on a short week. So I would expect AJ to miss that game as well, but either way, looking at those guys, for me, I got asked the question, who's most important to come off IR, and I got to be honest with you guys, for me, it's Julio Jones, and mostly because he's the soonest. I think that this Titans team is insanely improved if they just have one NFL-level wide receiver not only would they be getting an NFL-level wide receiver back with Julio Jones, but they would be getting one of the better wide receivers in the NFL back. And I know a lot of you guys have a bad taste in your mouth with Julio right now, but we saw what he could do against Seattle. When he's healthy, and you have to assume that all this waiting time over a month off would allow him to get healthy, when he's healthy, He's still one of the game changers in the NFL, and I think he would do a tremendous amount for the Titans offense because of the way that it would slot everybody. Nick westbrook Aquino doesn't have to take the top cornerback anymore. Uh, Des Fitzpatrick isn't on the field. Cody Hollister isn't on the field. These things matter. So for me, getting Julio Jones back on time for the Jags game is what's most important out of all those names. We just listed. Also want to mention here, Jackrabbit Jenkins, according to Ian Rappaport, has a foot and ankle sprain that is likely going to cause him to miss time. Right now, there is some optimism that he won't have to go on IR, but I wouldn't expect Jackrabbit Jenkins to be able to play in that game against the Jags either. So the hits just keep on coming along with Rashawn Evans, David Long, Tyre Tart, and Nate Davis nursing serious injuries that they haven't been placed on IR for, but they've missed multiple weeks in a row now. So the Titans injuries, they're up to 86 players on the roster. They've set the record through 12 weeks. Just insane what's going on right now. The Titans need to get away. And if you need to get away, then you need to check out BeachBound.com. In life, we're all bound for different things. With BeachBound.com vacations, you could be bound for adventure. You could be bound for passion, bound for discovery, bound for togetherness, bound for immersion, bound for rejuvenation, or you may be bound for encountering the unexpected. Personally, when I'm at a beach resort, I'm bound to end up at the poolside bar or maybe creating my own taco flight. As long as I've got a good view and a good drink in my hand, I'll be happy as can be. With BeachBound.com, you can find the perfect beach vacation for you no matter what you are looking for. What are you bound for? Visit BeachBound.com today. Titans fans, we are going to continue this Tuesday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. We just talked about. All of the roster news, all the injury updates, the IR timelines, all of that. Now, I'm going to get into some mailbag questions. And I I do got to give a shout out, scrolling through here, trying to make sure that I I give the credit where the credit is due. Uh, But I was asked, and it's Daniel Collins, Daniel Mark Collins asked, Which would be the the biggest player that would benefit the Titans coming off IR? I just wanted to say I answered that. My answer is Julio Jones. So, Daniel Mark Collins, shout out. Thank you for the good question. Kind of turned it into its own segment, but I appreciate you throwing that my way. Before we get into your mailbag questions, though, I do want to read a quote to you guys from Mike Vrabel's press conference on Monday. And it had to do with the fault Of the injuries. Because now people are starting to ask questions about the strength and conditioning staff. So let me just read this quote to you from Mike Frabel. And we'll break it down after quickly. Quickly. Quote. I have the utmost confidence in Frank Pirano. And Brian Bell. And Mondre Gee And our training staff. And Todd Torricelli. I do. I appreciate that question. I have never suffered an injury. And again I don't like to refer back to my playing days. But I will in this instance. I never suffered an injury and said, that damn strength coach. I never said that. I never said that trainer sucks. I know that is not the case. Some of these things are unfortunate. Some of these injuries are kind of just part of football. There is a large responsibility on the player to make sure that they are doing everything they can to stay on top of things and the programs that we have them do. I will go back and use Corey Davis as an example. He suffered some hamstrings early on. So then he was on a hamstring program. I remember Rashawn Evans as a young player. Maybe had an issue with his groin. So now he is on a groin program that they do religiously. A lot of this is you don't go to class. As a young player, there is no class or campus you have to be on. You come in here, you do your rehab, and you do all of those routines a lot of that falls on the player and their responsibility. Then, some of it is just unfortunate that guys get injured out there playing. End quote. Let's just go through here. Vrabel said, that damn strength coach, that trainer sucks. He never said that. So, he is completely saying this isn't the training staff or strength and conditioning's fault whatsoever. Completely alleviated them of blame in the first few sentences. Then, He follows up with, there is a large responsibility on the player to make sure they are doing whatever they can to stay on top of things and the programs that we have them do. Then he cites two examples of players with special programs for their injury area. He says, a lot of this is you don't go to class. So is Mike Rabel using the rehab programs? As an example, and calling those classes, like you don't have to go to class anymore. You should be in here doing your rehab program. As a young player, there is no class or campus you have to be on. You come in here, you do your rehab, and you do all those routines. A lot of that falls on the player and their responsibility. Then, some of it is just unfortunate that guys get injured out there playing. So Mike Vrabel is saying some of it is just unfortunate injuries, which is true. But he is also saying that the young players, read through the lines here, as a young player, there's no class or campus you have to be on. You come in here, you do your rehab, and you do all of your routines. A lot of that falls on the player and their responsibility. Then some of it is just unfortunate. Mike Rabel is literally saying it is the players' fault. They are not taking their training, their rehab, and their conditioning serious enough. And I think that is ridiculous for him to completely blame the players for a historic season of injuries with a ton of soft tissue, groin, hamstring, to completely alleviate the training staff and the coaching staff and the strength staff and put all the blame on the players it's nonsense and it goes back to the one thing about Mike Vrabel that annoys me the most. He thinks like a player too much and not enough like a coach. The Jimmys and the Joes. This right here. He does not realize all of the little individual areas where these things matter. Coaching, strength and conditioning. He always always solely puts the blame on the players. And I don't even think that it's like a nefarious thing where he's like, not my fault, not my fault. It's not a self-accountability issue. It's, he's, when he was a player, he blamed everything on himself. He took accountability. If he got injured, he needed to train better. If he didn't make a play, he needed to play better. And that's true. But coaching matters. Strength and conditioning staffs matter. That player-only mentality, that player-accountability mentality just results in putting too much pressure on the players and not putting the responsibility enough on the coaching staff and on the strength and weight staff. Now, I have no medical background, and I have said this a hundred times on this show, but to completely alleviate all of those people on the strength staff of any blame whatsoever when the Titans are having a historic year for injuries That's naive as well. That cannot be the case. They cannot have 0% blame in the blame pie and 100% of the blame be on the players. That just can't be true. There's no logic there. So that frustrates me about Mike Vrabel. I wanted to make sure that you guys heard that. Wanted to make sure that you guys saw that because obviously the injuries are the biggest storyline of the season so far and to blame all of it on the players Like Mike Vrabel did this last year with the defensive coordinator thing. He said the players just need to play better. They rehired Shane Bowen and and promoted him officially. They said, no, it, it wasn't Shane Bowen's fault at all. It wasn't the defensive coach's fault at all. It was purely the roster. It was purely the players' fault. It just is a constant theme where Mike Vrabel doesn't seem to give the significance that is required to the things outside of just the players, to coaching. To the strength and conditioning staff it's just always the players fault all the time no matter what and that just can't be true There's it, it, that is not logical that is impossible for it to 100% be the players fault doesn't make any sense but I've completely run through my time for the second segment on an impromptu Roland's rant on Mike Vrabel's comment there it just struck the wrong tone with me now once again because you guys always come for me if I criticize anybody Mike Vrabel is a damn good football coach. If the Titans end up winning the division or maybe even getting the number one seed, he'll win coach of the year. I think he's one of the top eight, top ten coaches in the NFL. But that does not mean that he does not have blind spots. And that does not mean that he is a perfect coach either. Because he is not. And putting all of the blame all the time on the players and not properly evaluating yourself and your staff is an issue as well. And it's an issue all... Football is a game of inches. As uh, Al Pacino would tell you in every given Sunday. The inches. The inches. And every little thing matters in the Super Bowl calculus. So if the Titans aren't... I'm not saying there's wrongdoing. But if the Titans aren't properly evaluating their strength and conditioning staff. And their medical staff after all of this. Then what the heck are we doing? I'm not saying heads need to roll. I've said all along, I don't have medical knowledge. I'm not saying that. But to come out there in your statements and basically give zero blame to any of those people and put it all on the players, that's not right either. That doesn't make a modicum of sense. There's no logic there. So hopefully that's just lip service from Mike Vrabel and they will do a true evaluation after the season on the medical and strength and conditioning staff, even if there are no changes. At minimum, a self-investigation, self-scouting. You got to scout yourself, know yourself. And I worry sometimes that Mike Vrabel's player mentality prevents him from seeing how all of the other margins really do Matter. But before we get into answering your guys' mailbag questions, do want to tell you about betonline.ag. Betonline.ag has you covered for the holiday season. They have more props, odds, and lines than ever before. And we're getting closer to the playoffs. Always good to throw some wagers on the playoffs. Betonline is the number one spot. To bet all your sports action this season. It's not just football. They have pro and college basketball. They have NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. So don't wait to take advantage of all their amazing offers, including when you sign up and use promo code locked on. That's one word locked on. You're gonna get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Titans fans, we are going to cap off this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast with some mailbag questions. I have not given myself a ton of time to get through all of the questions you guys sent in, so we will get to them quickly. Before we do, want to thank you for making the Locked On Titans podcast. Your first listen every day. Ask for your second listen. Make sure you check out the Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. They've been on fire this uh, this year, this NFL season with our picks. So make sure you check out the Locked on Bets podcast presented by betonline.ag, whatever platform you do stream. So diving into the first question, the Canadian Titan, the elite. Canadian Titan said, the Tennessee Titans are 0-2 since you publicly came out against the Tennessee Tickle Monsters. Do you take responsibility for their play as of late, and will you change your stance? Yeah, it definitely has everything to do with uh, me not liking the Tickle Monsters name and nothing to do with all of the injuries. That's my answer. And uh, the elite Canadian Titan fan also said, also, what is the most overrated holiday? Uh, Me, it's New Year's Eve. Uh, it's supposed to be this big party, this extravagant moment. You get your kiss at midnight, the ball drops, all that. Really, the last couple of years, I don't even want to go out. It's amateur hour. You don't want to drink and drive. There's tons of idiots out. People use it as a reason to shoot off guns and just be reckless. And I got to tell you, I- I'm just not about all of that craziness, all of that irresponsibility. I can't take it. So New Year's Eve, throughout my 20s, now that I'm into my 30s, New Year's New Year's Eve is the most overrated holiday of them all. If you want to go out, and get drunk, and be obnoxious. I like St. Patrick's Day a lot better for that anyway. So spare me on the New Year. Who cares? Um, next, Kenneth, two questions. Getting into do you believe Dontrell Hilliard has passed Jeremy McNichols on the depth chart? Uh, yes and no. As running back two yes, if the Titans needed to run the ball even if they needed to throw a little screen I think so, but Dontrell Hilliard is not the pass blocker that Jeremy McNichols is and Dontrell Hilliard doesn't know the system as well as Jeremy McNichols does but Dontrell Hilliard is a better runner and a better athlete so yes and no second question, what position group do you think needs to be addressed the most in the draft next year? I honestly couldn't decide between offensive line or offensive weapons Um yeah, I think offensive weapons. I think getting another wide receiver, replace Chester Rogers in the slot with somebody worth a damn. Please. Please. Uh, and then they do need a tight end. I was wrong. That they need they need a better tight end. Uh, you can't have Jeff Swain as your tight end one. And with Ferkser completely falling off. Uh, I think the Titans definitely need to attack tight end in a major way. But honestly, I'd rather see them attack tight end in free agency than the draft. It's very hard to get good tight end production from a rookie in the NFL. So, uh, I I would go with pass catchers on offense, uh, followed by offensive line depth. For sure, the offensive line is getting old. Uh, Daniel Mark Collins already answered your question. Travis Walker, he said, do you feel we kept some guys out that weren't even hurt and could have played in order to be as healthy as possible for the playoff push. No, I, I don't think the Titans have the depth right now with all the injuries to do that. I think everyone that can play played. I mean, there were people who weren't inactive in the game that were hurt that they, they couldn't even afford to put them inactive because they needed a game day roster. So I I don't I don't think that that is the case. Um, Adam Hill. At what point do we look at our strength and conditioning coach team? We can't put all these injuries down to rotten luck, can we? We must take uh, some, we must take, oh, and of course my screen just moved. Uh, He said, uh, we must take some responsibility. Adam, that is exactly what I talked about in segment two. We can't just say all the injuries are bad luck and the player's fault. There are people who get paid a lot of money, more money than me and you. To make sure these players are healthy. And with all the hamstring injuries and all the groin injuries, that's soft tissue. That's preventable. We're not talking about broken arms and broken legs and rolled ankles and all the stuff that's you know, just happens. Soft tissue injuries are maintenance injuries. Derrick Henry's injury was a workload injury. So, Yeah, I agree with you. You can't just say it's all rotten luck. It's all the players' fault. Some responsibility has to be taken. Unfortunately, we'll probably never know behind the scenes. Tom Wright said, Hey, Tyler, how about you grade the performances so far of all the players we cut in the offseason? Who do you miss the most? Um... Corey Davis has been a bum. He's been out all year hurt. He hasn't been that great when he's on the field. John Smith had a good game against the Titans, but he's been an incredible disappointment in New England if you ask any of their fans. Um, Adoree Jackson has been okay in New York, but nothing special. Malcolm Butler freaking retired. Uh, Daquan Jones I don't think has made a lot of noise in Carolina. He's just a solid role player. The Titans aren't missing any from him. I know this is going to kill people, but Clowney. I mean, they didn't really cut him in the offseason, so I'll stick with your question, Tom, of, of just players that they cut bait with. Kenny Vaccaro hasn't even gotten another job. Um, I'll say Janu at least. Even if he just blocked, even if he had the same numbers that he has right now, the Titans have had so many uh, issues with pass catchers, some red zone issues with all these guys out, I would take Janu back. But for his money, I wouldn't take him back. So this is just purely no money involved. Who, who do I miss the most? And and it's Johnu. It's got to be Giannu. Um, Dennis Kelly is another name on there, but you know, Questenberry's been alright. He hasn't been great as of late, but Dennis Ke- Kelly barely got a new job until right before the season anyway, so uh, I'm not gonna freak out about that as I haven't all year. Uh, through thick and thin, tighten up. Uh, Siempre, Laverda said. Uh, why isn't Downing using Tannehill's athleticism? He has taken a big part. Um, he is taking a big part of Tannehill's last two seasons of success away. They can't get Tannehill hurt, guys. <laughs> what do you want Tannehill to do? Run a bunch of bootlegs and take backside pressure right in his face? Run more, get hit. You can't have Tannehill get hurt right now. I would like to see more bootleg play action. I'm not going to lie. I I would, but the Titans aren't going to run Tannehill like Lamar Jackson or something. I feel like some people want that, and that's just not who he is. Tannehill is not a good scrambler. He's not a good second reaction player. If you get him out on a bootleg and he's got an open lane, he'll do it, but he's only like scrambled like two or three times all year. One of them was in that game against the Patriots. There were a few good scrambles against the Colts, but it's just not what he does. Tannehill has never been a get-out-of-the-pocket scramble guy. He's never been a second-reaction Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes type guy. Josh Allen, he just doesn't play like that. He's a defined read guy. If you put him in an athletic situation, he will be fine. Like the zone reads on the goal line, those work because they're short yardage. He can get in the end zone or get the first down and get down and not get hurt. But they're not going to make Tannehill's running a big part of the offense when everybody on the offense is hurt. Dale Big Sam said does it say more about the disappointment of Dylan Raidens or more about Brewer being better than an undraft uh being better as an undrafted dude um you know Brewer got the start at right guard to me it says a lot more about the disappointment of Dylan Raidens right now the bills have a third round rookie offensive tackle Spencer Brown who started for them all year and played pretty well. the Titans took a tackle in the second round and he can't even get on the field. Now, I think Brewer is a better guard than Raiden's is, but Raiden's not being in the picture whatsoever this year is a major disappointment. It's more of a disappointment for Dylan Raiden's. Um, let me see here. Shad. Shad said, besides health, because dear God, the injuries are comical at this point, true. What should be at the top of the Titans Christmas list this year? year. Uh, like I kind of answered earlier, I, I think a, 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 a an upgrade at pass catcher. At the slot wide receiver position and at the tight end position. That's what the Titans need. They thought they had the depth that they needed. They clearly do not. They need depth and talent at those positions to bolster the offense if they do have some injuries. The Titans had no safety net if AJ and Julio went down. They both did and now that's where we're at where the Titans offense cannot function. So uh, pass catching help. Would be my Christmas list, but those those presents aren't going to arrive until next year. Um, getting into some fun questions here. want to make sure that I didn't miss anybody. Uh, if I missed your question, I'm really, really sorry. Send me a DM on Twitter. Let me know. I'm an idiot and I missed it, and I'll try to get back to it next time. We'll do another mailbag uh, next week or at the end of the week because there's a buy. But the final two questions I have here, Drake Cox says, Rank these shows worst to best. You could choose WandaVision, Falcon, Winter Soldier, uh, WandaVision, Falcon, and Winter Soldier, Loki, or What If. I'm going to throw, I saw the first two episodes of Hawkeye in there, so I'll throw that in as well. Uh, Drake said, love listening to the pod. I listen every day. Appreciate your work. Tighten up. Thank you, Drake. I appreciate that as well. Uh, Tighten up. So these are all Marvel TV shows, if you didn't catch on to that, if you live under a rock for some reason. But for me, uh, WandaVision was my favorite then Loki. After that, Loki was so good. Those two just battle for number one, and I changed my mind every day. Um, what If? Then Hawkeye, and then Falcon and Winter Soldier at the bottom. That's how I would rank those. Uh, WandaVision and Loki, though, miles ahead of the other three. And then finally, C-Money, Carson Dixon, one of my oldest friends. Said, what is your favorite Thanksgiving leftover item and favorite comic book movie? Uh, Favorite comic book movie is easy. It's The Dark Knight. It's my favorite movie of all time. I've seen it a million times. We've watched it together probably about a million times, buddy. Uh, As you know, back in the day. Uh, But yeah, Batman is my favorite fictional character of any character I've ever seen in my entire life. I am a Bat Stand. That's probably the best Batman movie ever made. It's one of the top ten best movies ever made, period, in cinema history. Regardless of whether it's a comic book movie or not, The Dark Knight by far my answer. And favorite left, uh, favorite Thanksgiving leftover item. So normally I would pick uh, mashed potatoes and gravy because mashed potatoes leftover are usually really really good as well. Um, but I made buffalo turkey dip. This year, with my leftover turkey, dark and white meat, and it's awesome. And I'm not going to lie to you. As soon as we get done doing, the, as soon as I get done doing the show, I am going to smash some uh, buffalo turkey dip, made just like buffalo chicken dip, but with turkey. Absolutely excellent. You guys would enjoy it. So it's a good way to repurpose your leftovers for the holidays. But that's going to do it for me today. Again, if I missed your question or anything like that. Feel free to to let me know. I'm an idiot for missing your question. Let me know. Um, Some of you guys send in questions after I've already recorded the show. I do apologize about that. I'll try to get to them next week when we do another mailbag. But that's going to do it for me today, folks. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titan.